Good morning, everyone. Hey, I got a, a confession to make next Sunday. I won't be here, hopefully, unless the rapture happens. Me and Beth are going on a vacation, and we're trying to anyways. We got tickets. We got plane reservations. A friend of mine and uh, lives in uh, Homestead, Florida. We initially were going to go to take a cruise, but uh, for whatever reason, I'm, the Lord stopped that thing, which I think is a good thing. But anyways, did you hear that the, uh, the homosexuals, the gays and lesbians are getting upset at the transgenders because the transgenders are going so far, it's making them look bad. I'm like, hmm. I said, I got a Bible that makes everything look bad, man. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but it's just, our world is getting crazier and crazier and crazier by the moment, brother. I mean, it's, it's insane. We got a Bible that sits in front of us and tells you, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. If you don't think you are, come see me after Sunday school and we'll talk. But, but every, oh, look at him. He's got, I like that flashing sign. That's cool. Y'all turn around and look at that, man. Isn't that cool? That is, that is ingenuity. Look at it. And it works. It's better than my wife because I can't argue. That's technology. You can't argue with technology. How about that? Did I help any at all? Testing, one, two, testing, 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 testing. Now, look, now they're getting in business back there. That's better. All right. But anyways, um, so uh, a friend of mine's got a church down in Homestead, which is like Miami's here and Homestead's right down here. So uh, he told us we could stay with him the whole time. We, we canceled the cruise, but I kept the tickets down there. I told Beth, I said, hey, we'll just still rent the car and we'll just drive around for a couple of days, four or five days, whatever we want to do. And he said, look, why don't you just stay here and and it won't cost you no hotel expenses, none of that stuff. And then you can still go drive around anywhere you want. Him and his wife are school teachers. And uh, I thought, well, that's a good deal. And then uh, we were going to fly over to or go over to Nassau on the cruise, Nassau, Bahamas. But, I mean, you're only in port for six hours. It's stupid. I thought it was, I'm a sailor, you know. I mean, you go on a ship and you go over there, all the way over there. Five days of this stuff, you're out in the middle of the ocean. I've been out there, done that, got the T-shirt. Don't need it again. But you go all the way over there, you pull into port, you get off the ship at 8.45 in the morning, you got to be back on 3.45 to get underway again. I'm like, well, what do you possibly, could you possibly do in six hours? There's nothing you can see but that. So anyways, that's what we're going to do, and uh, we'll be back. But I will be in church on Sunday down there with Richard. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis. Genesis, I want to finish up Genesis chapter. I finished up uh, 25, but I want to look at a couple things real quick before we go any further. Uh, 26, I've... We'll start right into 26, but Esau, Esau is a picture of the worldly Christian today, and uh, we, we have got to watch out. It's a warning to us. People say, well, you know, I've read the Bible. Uh, really, how close did you read it? It says, studies show that self-approved unto God a workman that need not be ashamed. You need, to, you need to go back sometimes and look at these things. Paul, I was talking to somebody uh, uh, the other day, Friday, and uh, maybe Saturday, Saturday or Friday or Saturday, but they came in, we was talking, and, and uh, I said, if you read Paul, Paul's always referencing Old Testament saints, and he's doing that for a reason. God gave you that stuff in the Old Testament uh, to show us the, what is going to happen in the future. Esau, uh, verse 33, Genesis 25, 33, and it says, and Jacob uh, said, swear to me this day, and he swore unto him, Esau, and he sold uh, his birthright unto Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink. And rose up and went his way, thus Esau despised his birthright. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come to church. Thank you for a church to come to. Uh, Lord, what a blessing it is just to be able to have a book that tells the truth 
Uh, Lord, these things are hard to understand. Uh, Lord, they're hard to do sometimes, but Lord, it's still the truth. And uh, you said you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Lord, help us to be free uh, from this world of, of wickedness and sin. And Lord, help us to see the truth and, and start applying it to our lives. And we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is clear about some things, and, and you got to watch what you say in this world. Uh, you got to watch what you say just off the cuff. Uh, foolishness, sometimes we utter it out of our mouths and we shouldn't really do it. Uh, Esau, when Esau, Jacob said, swear to me this day, and Esau did, that cost him something for eternity. Eternity. And Esau is a picture of the worldly Christian, and, and Jacob is a picture of a Christian. And, and although Jacob is messed up, uh, Esau is, is worse and the hardest thing you'll ever get in your life is to let go of some of this stuff because we're trained uh, from a childhood. We we on our way here to church this morning. Uh, we passed the school over here on, uh, oh, I forget the name of the road, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Spalding, what is the name of that road over there? You, where's, is it my kids in here? It's not Spalding. It's, uh, it's not Spinning. It's Shakertown, Shakertown. On Shakertown, there's a school over there, a little elementary school, packed with people playing sports this morning, on Sunday morning. That wouldn't have happened 100 years ago. That wouldn't have happened 75 years ago. But, but God has got so far, they have removed God so far. That's your school system doing that. That's, that's parents doing that to their kids, allowing their kids to do this stuff. Uh, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So if we keep doing that stuff, eventually, if I do it down here, uh, then I'm letting this group of people right here do something. This group of people then will take what I did and take it to the next level, and the next group will do, take it even worse, and you'll take it further away. Uh, if you're strict and, and, and hard on some stuff, uh, this group right here, you got a bit of danger they could take it the other way. I've seen people take stuff, and they'll go out and start repeating stuff they hear, and they have no idea what they just heard. And you can be dangerous with the same thing. So you got to be careful. But a little leaven, when you start, well, you know, it's only on Sunday mornings and it's only for the season. And, and, you know, it's for the kids. It's for the children. It takes a village. No, it doesn't take a village. It takes a Bible is what it takes. Train up a child in the way he should go. So we have destroyed uh, as a nation and as a world. It's just not America anymore. It never was about America. It was about the entire world. Satan wants the world. He's already got it, as a matter of fact. If you read Matthew chapter 4, he offers it back to Jesus Christ if Jesus will bow down and worship him. I mean, it's like, why would I do that? It's mine anyways. As a matter of fact, I don't want it in the condition, if you read Revelation 21, I don't want it in the condition it is, because when I take it back, it's going to be burned up and I'm going to start all over again. But Jacob said some stuff he should have never said. Uh, when Esau, uh, Jacob, Jacob said, swear unto me this day, Esau said some things he shouldn't have said. Esau said, okay, it's yours for a bowl of beans. Uh, that means that a human, the typical human earthly Christian will sell out Jesus Christ for almost nothing. I mean us today, us today, we will sell out Jesus Christ for almost nothing. I mean, it, it would take very little for us to do that. Uh, when we start getting involved into this stuff, we start saying, oh, I can do this. I can do whatever I want. Well, no, you can't. Uh, it's, it's going to cost you no matter what you do. I like Bob Jones Sr. Bob Jones Sr.'s got tons and tons and tons of, of things. It's, 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 uh, it's a sin to do less than your best. I like that. The two biggest little words in, the, in your English language uh, are do right. Uh, a man is a fool. Now, you want to know what the definition of a fool is? Bob Jones Sr. Had it, he had it down. A man is a fool who leans on the, the arm of flesh. Do you trust your job? You trust your 401k? 
You trust Elon Musk? You trust Donald Trump? You trust uh, President Biden? Do you trust the arm of flesh? The, a man is a fool who leans on the arm. This old man, Bob Jones Sr., man, he's been gone a long time. Uh, a man is a fool who leans on the arm of flesh when he can be supported by the arm of omnipotence. If I can have God support me, I think I would rather, uh, you know, here go, here's another one. What, what you love and what you hate reveals who you are. What do you like? Man, I, you know what I do? <laughs> I like, I like, oh uh, man, I, I went into Kroger's yesterday. Y'all don't, if y'all know, I'm, uh, I've been on a diet. But uh, I always told Beth, I said, if I walk in Kroger's and they have a cheesecake on woohoo, it's God's will that I get that cheesecake. <laughs> so now that I'm on my diet and I still, I'm still trying to lose a couple pounds, but uh, I, I look at it and there's two cheesecakes on woohoo. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, Lord, this must have never been your will. Two for, yeah, two for one. <laughs> but anyway, one of them was a strawberry cheesecake. Now, now, brethren, I mean, you have to walk by that stuff sometimes. You just got to walk by it. It's just it's dangerous. Uh, but I did. I walked by it. I was a good guy. I walked by it, and, and it made me start thinking some things, man. See, sometimes uh, what you love, uh, food, food will kill you if you don't watch out. Uh, the things of this world, uh, uh, amusement will kill you. Because all of a sudden you have to be amused all the time. It's addictive. We're an addictive type of a people. And what you get in your life will addict you. Uh, let's see. Jesus never taught men how to make a living. He taught men how to live. You ought to learn how to live. Not, not make a living. Making a living is second. I use my money that I make secondary to go out to do what we do. Uh, I, I go out and earn stuff. I do this. I do this to get enough money to do what I need to do. That's what I do. Uh, I don't make that my living. That's not my living. My living is Jesus Christ taught me how to live. You know how you live? You keep him in the middle of the thing. You never compromise Jesus Christ. Never compromise. Uh, I think uh, we saw him, uh, they want me to do this youth rally up here, and I was trying to think about what to do. Uh, we got a lot, bunch of young people that need to get out and get, make, make a living. They may need to get a job. They may need to make some money. They need to make a living, but they don't need to compromise Jesus Christ in the process. You should never compromise. Now, you shouldn't go into your boss. I'm a Christian, and I ain't going to sweep the floors. That's, that's stupid. Uh, if you're going to take the job, do what they tell you to do. And do it to the, watch this. It's a sin to do less than your best. That's in anything you do. You know what, you know what Esau's problem was? He didn't do his best. Esau did what he could do, and, and then he didn't care about the rest of the stuff. True success is finding God's will for your life and then doing it. It's not just finding it. People say, I wish I knew what the will of God was. I wish I, you can find the will of God all through your Bible. The next question is, are you going to do it? He's going to show you little teeny weeny things. You know what the will of God? It might be just coming to church. It might be getting up and going to work. Uh, it might be taking care of your family. That, that may be the will of God, perfect will of God for your life. And if you'll do those things, then when it comes time for him to show you something bigger, guess what he'll show you? Esau, he couldn't do that with. Why? Because Esau wouldn't do the right thing. Uh, you and God make a majority in your community. You don't have to worry about 100,000 other people. If I, can, if I can lean on the hand of the omnipotence, if the arm of omnipotence, all-powerful God can hold me up, then him and me are a majority on this planet. I don't need nobody else. Uh, you do get it's, it's never right to do wrong in, 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 uh, in order to get a chance to do right. Being faithful is being successful. I like that. Some of these are really good. But anyways, Esau, 
Esau goes through here and, and makes some really big, bad mistakes. The modern mind is Esau. Esau has that brain. He thinks, he thinks what, uh, whatever it is. Whatever works is right. No, it's not. That's the human nature. If you can use uh, it or assimilate it to your own profit, it's, it, is, it is good. If you can't, it's no good. But if you can, that's what you need to do. It has to be a benefit to me. That's Esau. Uh, the birthright isn't really a benefit to me. And, and down the road, the blessing he's going to lose isn't a really... He sees that blessing as a problem. But it's too late, man. You start making some decisions back here and utter some things you shouldn't utter. Uh, the Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. You, and, and there's a good reason why he says that. Uh, you'll wake up in the morning mad. Why in the world wake up in the morning mad if you can go to sleep glad? The best thing to do is go to sleep glad and then wake up not mad. And so you don't do that stuff. Uh, this is the sum of modern, modern man's thinking. He would, he would make Esau, uh, modern man would make Esau look like an apostle today is what they would do. Oh, he's a great man. Look at him. He's a, here's, here's they, they pick men and women and make them, oh, I can't even believe what they, the, it, um, you can go anywhere in the world and look at uh, political leaders, and they're a mess. They're just a mess. We pick the worst, and you go back in the Bible. Guess what you do in the Bible? Uh, you go back there, and when and the nation of Israel started going away from God, they, they put people in priest office from the lowest places they could find them. They'd go to the bars and everywhere else, get people, and they made them priests. That's basically what you do. you got guiding our nation. If we're looking at government to solve our problems, now I'm saying the Bible says obey them and have the rule over you. I think you ought to have a, a driver's license. I think you ought to have a car that's licensed in the state if you're in Ohio. I think you ought to pay your taxes. Now, I think you ought to find every loophole you can to get out of your taxes if you can get out of them. But if you can't get out of them, when the bottom line is there, whatever that thing is, that's what it is. You ought to do the right. Do right. Now, the government gives you, I've told people to file bankruptcy before. And they'll look at me because in their mind, they're, I can't do that again. Hey, if the government has given you an avenue to solve your problem and you don't solve your problem and you're just living in your problem, I think you're wrong. Now, you can come up to me after, after Sunday school and, and chide me if you want to. But that's, he says, obey them that have the rule. They understand that, guess what? Bankers are out to take advantage of you. If you don't know that, oh, they'll give you a new car today. You know why they want to give you a new car today? Because they're making big bucks off of you. You go buy a house and see if they don't make, you pay $100,000 for a house, you pay $300,000 by the time you got it paid for. What is that? That's them making money off of you. That's what we're here for. We're here for them to make money. They shear the sheep. They don't kill the sheep. They shear them. They take the wool off, sell it, let you grow some wool again, and shear that off too. Uh, that's the typical world. Uh, Jacob is a self-preserving, scheming Christian. That's, that's typically, that's the church, Christian church body today. But I tell you what, Jacob is, is in perfect shape compared to God, if you're going to take Esau in, in, in comparison to this. You're looking at Jacob and Esau here. That's who we're looking at. Uh, Esau typifies the world believer who's God at his belly. Esau is a monumental warner, warning to the believers. You, this is something now, uh, this is where I wanted to go and I want to make sure we get this. Esau is a, is a warning. It's a big sign, bridges out. Road out ahead. That's, that's what Esau is for us. He's, here he is. I, it's a big sign. You can listen or you can't listen or not listen. It's really up to you. Drive right on through. I do that all the time. And you think, oh. they say road is out two miles ahead. Good. There has to be another road between here and there that I can turn off of and go around, whatever it is. 
I'm going to go and get as close to that, which is probably wrong, but I do. I'm going to get as close to wherever the road is out that I can to shorten my, my detour around that. Because if I can go up to that thing and I see uh, crossroads and the bridge is out right there, I go this way or that way and around that thing and away I go. Otherwise, they'll have you, some brilliant person out there says, go 40 miles this way, 40 miles this way, 50 miles this way, to come right out on the other side of that bridge right here. I just, I, I, but you know what you do? You take your chances. Uh, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen every time. But, but Esau, Esau's a warning to us. It's, here's a warning. God puts them all through your Bible. Warning, warning, warning. Heed the warning. If you live your life like Esau, the end is going to be this. What did Esau actually give up? What are you going to give up? We believe in the rapture. I believe in the rapture. I, don't, I know some people say, I don't believe there's rapture. Man, I think there's so many verses on the rapture, you can't really pass the thing up. Uh, but you sit there and look at the thing, I know that I'm not appointed to wrath. Tribulation is strictly wrath. I know that, that uh, I could not enter into the tribulation. I would be out of place. I am saved. I'm born again. If you believe in eternal security, you're on your way to heaven. There's no way you could go into the uh, tribulation. You can't do it. You would be out of place there because there you can't get saved like you get saved over here. So what do you got to do? Get out of here. Okay, once you go, you get out of here. What did you gain if you sold yourself? I'll be honest. You can do whatever you want. You can go out tonight and do anything you want. You can actually live your life, the rest of your life, the way you want. Any way you want to live it, it's yours. You're still going to die and go right to heaven if you're saved today, if you're saved. If you're not saved, you're going to have a problem. But once that rapture takes place, uh, there is never an opportunity to do anything for Jesus Christ again. It is what it is at that point. It is written in the books, and you're going to go stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And Esau gave up every bit of that, and there was no way. For him, there was no way to recover it. For you and me, man, we can always straighten some stuff out. Uh, once the rapture takes place, there's no opportunity to suffer for Christ. And you're going to have to suffer. If you're going to rule with him and reign with him, you're going to have to suffer with him. And, brethren, in this world, if you live the Christian life that you are supposed to live, you're going to get it in the neck, man. I'm telling you, you're going to get I've been getting it in the neck for 43 years. and I mean, I, I thought it was just me being stupid. Uh, and then now as I'm looking back, I'm thinking, like, Lord, man, they hate you. And I said, they hate anything to do about you. They, they're looking for, you can be, I'm telling you what, I was a good ET in the Navy. I, 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 I'm not bragging about that. I just was. That's what my heart's desire was. That's where my mind was. That's what I did. Uh, they, the only thing that saved me there in the Navy was the fact that I was so good at what I did. They could not understand how I was so good at what I did, and I believed in God. They could not grasp that. Here's a kid running from the pointy end to the flat end, fixing every stinking thing that's broke. I didn't even care if it was mine or not, man. If you had something broken, you were a bosom mate, I was helping you fix it. If you were a fire control tech, I, I would help you fix your, your missile launching system. I was not in charge of missile launching systems. I just fixed a whole bunch of them. I fixed torpedo launching systems. I fixed radios. I fixed, I fixed stuff in the mess decks. Why? Because I eat down there. I just fixed. They could not believe that here, here's this kid who can do all this, who could actually understand stuff. I fixed problems nobody else could fix. And they said, how could you believe this and believe this? But boy, when it came right down to it, they hated God. And when they, when I, you know what? I think the Lord got me to a place in the Navy where he was like, okay, now Mike, I'm going to show you something. I'll let you have fun for uh, 10 years. Now I'm going to show you something. And I'm telling you, man, the worst, he warned me too. Now, I'll give you this too. He warned me not to take that chief's exam. 
The Holy Spirit was my God, my witness. I'll get to heaven. You can ask him. He told me not to take that chief's exam, and I disobeyed him. I did an Esau, kind of a blend of a Jacob and an Esau at that time. I got a whole ship full of people, officers, everybody else telling me I have to take captain. You're going to take that test. So to obey them, I have to take that test. I got the Holy Spirit, which usurps their authority completely, telling me don't do it. And I'm sitting there battling between the two, and you know what the typical human does? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I'm trying to figure a way to make both of them happy so I can have a win-win scenario. I forgot that I wasn't going to, I was not going to come out of the good on this. Uh, and I thought, well, okay, I'll go take the test. And it's a multiple choice test. And I'll read the question and I'll just answer it real quick and go to the next one, next one, next one, next one. Next one and then I'll do the whole thing. I'll fail the test and it'll be done. And I can say, I took the test. I passed that stupid thing. What I didn't realize at that moment in life, I had 10 medals sitting on my chest worth 50 points apiece. And they kept telling me, oh, you don't have the ESWATs, which is Enlisted Surface Warfare, uh, which tells everybody, you know, the pointing into the flat. I could tell you everything about a ship, pointing into the flat. And all I had to do is walk in the chief's mess. They would have signed that piece of paper. I wouldn't have had to answer a question because I already knew I knew everything. And they would have gave me that pen. I never went in there because I knew if I didn't get the pen, I wouldn't make chief. Stupid, man. I didn't know right below that I had 10 medals sitting there given me by admirals. And each one was 50. That's only worth 50 points on that test. This is 500. I already had, all I had to do is pass the stupid test. I was already chief. And I was sitting there going, rats, man. I thought I, I, thought I failed it. And I, I went away and come back and Captain looks at me. Hey, how you doing, chief? I'm like, no, sir. I'm E6 right here. See this? Three strip, three chevrons. E6. I said, you're a captain. Don't you know the difference between a chief and an E6? He goes, no, you don't know the difference between a passing and failing the test. You pass the test, you're now a chief. And the Holy Spirit said, I told you not to do that. And the next thing I know, man, the, I mean, life changes for me because of all the stuff they want me to do. You cannot compromise Jesus Christ. And I don't care what situation you find yourself in. You cannot compromise him. And you're, you're going to pay. You either pay now or you'll pay later. But you're going to pay. And I already said, oh, I done blew it, man. You know what he did? I'm sitting over a plate of green spaghetti looking down. I'm crying in the middle of the chief's mess. I'm crying. I'm sitting there praying over it. Everybody, all them chiefs, 70, I'm looking at E7s and Marines and chiefs and Navy SEALs and all. They're sitting there looking at it. What's this kid doing? I'm praying over my It wasn't that green spaghetti. I didn't care about the green spaghetti. It's just food color. I'd eat that in a heartbeat. That's better than some of the stuff on the mess decks. However, comma, I'm crying because I'm like, Lord, you told me not to do this, and now I'm here because of what you told me not to do. And I don't know what to do. Now, you'll never know that till you get in that position. You'll never know the hurt and the pain and the agony and the suffering and all the other stuff. He goes, yep. I mean, the Lord, the Holy Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and Michael and Gabriel are probably right behind me laughing. We told him. We told him. We told him. He didn't listen. He didn't listen. That's Esau. God's telling us something right here with Esau, and we'll either listen or we won't. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because I took that chief's exam and I passed it. And I had to go through four months of living hell on that ship because I would not do what they told me to do. Now, out of that, I've seen a lot of people get saved. But it didn't feel good. And when I left that ship, my tail was tucked between my legs and I was still hurting. And I was hurting for three or four years after that. Because the Lord took something out of my life that I loved. I loved the Navy. If you ever hear me tell stories... If you're, if you're a newbie and you want some stories, come see me, man. I'm looking for new, for, <laughs> new blood so I can tell my stories, man. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, that stuff hurts. 
And not doing what God says, if you've never been through something like that, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, I'm warning you. I'm another guy like Esau. I'm telling you, it's going to hurt. I'm Jacob. I'm going to tell you it hurts. He, he typifies the, uh, the believer. The rapture is going to happen. You'll get a new body saved, guaranteed, 100%. Your elbows won't hurt no more. Your arms won't hurt. Everything won't hurt. Your knees won't hurt. Your back won't hurt. Your legs won't hurt. Your organs won't hurt. You see, the organs hurt. Oh, they hurt, man. <laughs> you go out and do stuff. I got this bruise on my leg about it. I've been splitting wood. Steve comes up and says, I'll help you split the wood. Where is Steve? He had to work his way in. Okay. Is he going with you? Good. Anyways, he split his finger all open, man. And uh, instead of using fingernail clippers, he used a hedger. And, he, and I'm like, that's the wrong thing to use. But anyways, he wanted to come help me split wood. But I got this big stack of wood splitting over there. And I'm sitting here splitting wood, splitting wood, and splitting wood. And I get my leg between the wood and the end of that splitter. And the log just squishes it, man. I got this bruise on my leg about that big. Uh, that's, that's really, you know, you sit there and do all this stuff and you keep doing this stuff and you do this stuff and you hurt yourself. And that's what life is all about. That's not suffering that I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you do something that God said don't do. And, and he, or he puts something in your path to help you make a decision and you reject that thing. Or if you do it, then people are going to get mad. And they're just going to get madder and madder and madder and there's nothing you can do about it. What the, what everybody, I hate it when somebody comes up and, and, and they are not living a Christian life at all, if at all, at all. I mean, they could be lost as anything. Well, if you were a Christian, you would do. First of all, they have no clue what a Christian is. So for them to even utter words to me of what a Christian should do, what's worse is for me to heed them in what they're doing. Forget it. I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. Amen. And if I do what the Lord tells me to do, guess what? If they got mad at him and hung him on a cross, they're going to get mad at me and hang me on a cross. So if you're living a perfectly good, nice, happy life, and you got your every little thing is in place and all this stuff is good, am I upsetting y'all this morning? I hope I am. Uh, but if, I hope I'm upsetting everybody. I hope I'm upsetting me. Uh, but if we're living our little nice, one of these days we're going to take our last breath. And at that point, there's nothing else you can do. He could not suffer if he tried. This is the time. Go to 2 Corinthians real quick. 2 Corinthians. Man, I tell you what, this is a great book. This book, the more you read, the better it gets. I like it, man. I just like it. I think it's a great book. <laughs> so, I, think, I think you ought to do the best you can until the Lord stops you. Again, he stopped me in my tracks in the Navy. I was going to do 20 years. I could have done it standing on my head. I mean, I was a cup of coffee out at sea. Let's go. I mean, uh, when I went back in, I, I'm put me on a ship. Uh, they could have kept me on a ship. The typical sailor for me was three years on, three years off, three years on, three years off. They could have kept me on that ship for 20 years. I'd have been perfectly happy. Uh, it was, Beth wouldn't be too happy, but I was happy. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was part of my blood. It was just there. I, I don't know what it was. I loved it. Since a kid, that's all I could think about. I hate being on a boat. But a ship is completely different. Don't know what it is. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. 16 and 17. For which cause, let me make sure I'm in the right. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Bob Jones Sr. said, never sacrifice on the altar of the immediate, the permanent on the altar of the immediate. That means basically don't, don't sell yourself short for something today 
that's going to affect eternity in your life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You're going to, you'll never be able to get that back. You'll never be able to work that back in there. The only place you're going to do is right here. Uh, Paul suffered all. He said, I'll gladly suffer. He said, I'll gladly uh, a glory in my infirmities. God stuck some stuff on Paul. And Paul said, I'll gladly, gladly revel. I'll have I'll glory in my infirmities. Why? Because it does something for me over there. I'd rather do something. I'm not going to lose that. When Paul got a hold of what God had promised him over there, you could have done anything to Paul you wanted to. It didn't matter at that point. He already knew what was on the other side. And he knew life is short. I'm 65 years old. Life is short. It's getting shorter and shorter. For, I remember when I was 22 when I joined the Navy. I remember the day I joined the Navy. I can still remember that like it was yesterday. That's 43 years ago and it's gone like that. It's history. It's toast. What are you going to, man, I tell you what, for 43 years, oh, I wish I could have showed you all that. <laughs> One of going into boot camp, man, that car, Hooker's going by. And, the, and this Hooker's sitting up on the back. It's a, it's a nice Cadillac, red Cadillac, white top. Isn't it amazing what you can remember? A white cat. And we're all marching. Here's a bunch of sailors doing this. And I could see the Army guys, you know, they'd be, live, 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 right? Marines would probably do the same thing. Air Force probably, Air, no, Air Force is in their chairs being pushed. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody come up the other day and it was talking. They go, yeah, I'm chair force. I'm chair force. <laughs> I try not to say stuff like that, but I mean, but the sailors are just a bunch of, oh man, we're just a mess. There was just nothing. I mean, we're the mess. We're the, we're the misfits of the, the military. But anyway, I mean, you got to find those kind of people to go out on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Who would do that in the right mind? Uh, but we're all going in and this car goes by and I, I just remember the voice saying, I'll get you after boot camp. And I mean, there's 90 of us and there's, there's platoon after platoon. There's 90 here, 90 here, 90 here. They're marching us all in. They just brought us from O'Hare uh, on buses and everything else. So we're all getting there and there, there's probably two, 300 of us. I felt like she was talking right to me. And I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> you say, what is that? Well, it's the Lord testing a small thing there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when right is right and wrong is wrong? You never, you never do right, do wrong, get a chance to do right. You don't do it, man. You just, you just move on. Uh, so he could not suffer if he tried. There's nothing he could do. There was no place. Go to Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 17. And just cover a couple things because I'm going to get into 26 here in just a second. Maybe. I don't know. I'm telling you what, you can't go through this thing too fast. That's what everybody do. They read their Bibles, but you don't catch what. It never changes your life. The book should change your life. Brother, guess what? You're still a sinner after you, get, you read the book. I am. Well, if, you, if you figure out a way to do this and stay holy and pure and clean and all that other stuff, let me know, man, because I've been struggling with that for 43 years. I'm still working on it. One of these days I'm going to solve this problem. 1217, Esau is sitting here, and, and Paul, I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, uh, and he says, uh, 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. So he's, he's considering Esau as a fornicator, a profane person, who for a morsel of meat sold his birthright. And that's, that's what the world does. Uh, to make a buck, Christians will sell their mom for a buck. Uh, I've seen people, you know, when it comes time to uh, get an inheritance from their parents or whatever, they'll do whatever they can to all of a sudden be nice and, and pleasant and everything else because they want to make sure they're in that will so they can get whatever they want. Uh, so it is birthright, for he, for ye know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it 
carefully with tears. You'll be in heaven crying. You won't get it back. There's no way to get it back. There's just no way. Uh, this is the place to do it. This side right here. There is, there's nothing over there. He's going to give me stuff. He's going to give us each a pound. He's gave, once I got saved, I was given something. What I do with whatever he gives me, uh, I sometimes look at the Lord and say, Lord, I think I've failed you. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've done anything or enough. Or I, and, I, and, and I've had preachers, big ones, say, Mike, you can never do enough to pay back Jesus Christ. I said, oh, I know that. I know that. But to do nothing? I mean, and one of I, I, that parable he tells over there, he goes, when a servant goes out and works in the field all day and does, 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 and comes home, does the master say, oh, sit down here and let's eat? No, he says, feed me. Take care of me. And after I'm done eating and drinking, then you can sit down and eat what's left. And he goes, at the end of the day, he said, you're still unprofitable. I'm like, man. So you go out, pass tracks out, visit, knock on doors, do that stuff. Then you're unprofitable. You're at the end of the day, we're unprofitable. You got to do something beyond that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got to go beyond that. Uh, the, the Navy, when I was in the Navy, they said, here's your responsibilities. This, 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 this. I'd walk on a ship, this building, let's say if this building was a ship, the, the kitchen could be part of the ETs. You say, but you don't cook. Yeah, you're right, I don't. But I'm responsible for everything in that kitchen. Uh, I might be responsible for that room over there and all the electronics in the room, and I might have the bathroom. I may have 10 spaces in this place that I'm responsible for. Every one of those spaces looked like they were brand new. Compared to the rest of the ship being trashed out, our spaces look brand new. Everything that captain wanted of me, I did, and more. That, why, you say, why did you help everybody else? That's the more. Why did you do this? That's the more. Why were you over in the salvage yards all over the place watching what everybody puts in there? So when the bosun mates needed rubber rings to go around the watertight doors so that we wouldn't sink, I knew where it was when nobody else could find it, and I go tell them where it's at. Why did I do That's the more. Why fix fire control radars? That's the more. They couldn't do nothing with me at that point. You know what the Lord is saying is, what is the more? You, you take your pound. He said, you should have at least given it to the bankers or, or to the loan to make usury on my money. You should have done that. You should do something with what he got. The question is, is did you do anything with what he gave you? He gave you salvation. He gave Esau the privilege, the, the, the status in life of being Abraham's, Isaac's firstborn son. The blessing should have went right to him. He got that. What did you do with it? God slammed him. He said, there ain't no place for you. No repentance. Now, you're saved. You say, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I hear people say, that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. I would not want to go to the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But I'm telling you what, you better, we better stop and start thinking about this thing. Lord, what am I doing for you? Lord, what am I doing for you? Lord, what am I doing for you today? Lord, what am I doing for you this morning? Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing? Esau didn't do that. Uh, he could not suffer. Uh, he could not find a place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. He cried. He was really serious. Uh, Judas was sad, but he couldn't find a place either. Uh, in a preview of the believer who lived, this is a pre that's, what, that's what Esau is, is a preview of the believer who lived a life of comfort. Now, I like comfort, man. I, I went to bed last night, uh, and I jumped in bed, and Beth had me. Beth, I mean, every time we buy something, she doesn't like it. I even let her buy it. Stupidest thing we ever did, bought a mattress. She, her and Cassandra go into this place, and they, they're laying all over all these mattresses in this place, 
I'm like, Beth is going to get the right one. I know she's going she's to sleep on this thing. She's going to get the right one. She hates it. So then after she got it, yeah, well, it was a thousand bucks or whatever it was. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I'm like, hey, that's my wife. I've got to make her happy, dwell with them according to knowledge. You know, it's better to dwell in the house, the corner of the house, and all that other stuff with the dripping. So you got to stop the, you got to leak in the roof. You got to stop the continual drips and all that other stuff. I got that. She has to live with me too, so I, I, you know, I pity her, man. But I'm sitting there and she goes, I, let's buy this four inch, this uh, foam thing that goes on top of the mattress. <laughs> I'm like, man, I said, I can sleep on, on, a, on the carpet, man, downstairs. I don't really care. I said, the Navy gave us mattresses this thick, and then you're on a hard metal thing. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, once I go to sleep, I'm asleep. Uh, and I crawled in that bed last night and laid on that thing and just kind of sank in. And, and I said, Lord, thank you, man. I got a nice place to sleep at night, and it's nice and warm and comfy. And I said, I got blankies and all this other stuff. I said, I, I don't really have anything to complain about. And I just laid my head on the bed and went to sleep. Uh, I don't mind comfort. I hate pain. I, I, don't, I don't like getting hurt. I got a log splitter for the house. As a matter of fact, I got two. If you need one, let me know. I'm skiing and resell one. Because uh, I only need one. I can only work, run one at a time. I don't know how in the world. Uh, but I, I think comfort's good. I am not going to split wood with a maul and an axe and a hammer. Ain't going to happen. Not in this kid's life. If you want to do that and show you're a man, kid next door to me he did that. I walked over and I'm watching him. And he's sitting there, got this thing, and he's driving it into this log. And this log ain't doing nothing, man. I mean, he hits the, this, hits the thing. It did drive it and just stick a hit a little bit. Uh, and he, just enough where he could keep hitting it. But it wasn't going down nowhere. It wasn't going down anywhere. I'm looking at it and said, hey. He goes, yeah. I said, you know, i got a log split right over by the house. He goes, no, no, no. I said, no, no, serious, man. I said, carry that log over there. And I'll fire, I fired it up for him. He put it on there. And I left. I said, hey, shut it down when you leave, man. I said, that's cool. Just turn the button off right there, and it's done. You know what he did? He split everything he had on my log splitter. Comfort's cool. I like comfort. Comfort's okay. I think you're an idiot if you overwork yourself. Now, if you do it for fun, that's one thing. But if you're doing it because, you know, it's just, go rent a log splitter. I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's crazy. But Esau, Esau, the typical, he's a typical Christian. Comfort, comfort will kill you. Comfort will cause you to... Get, get everything you need right now. I need a better car. Well, why do you need a better car? And the older car is just good. If it's paid for, you, you like the payment or something? Is that what we like? And yet people will go do that stuff. I don't understand this, that stuff. You know, I, you got, there's certain things in America you got to get to live. You need credit. I got that. But it's a preview of the believer who lives a life of comfort. Maintains his social standing. Do, do you have to have a social standing at what you're doing? Can you be the Christian you're supposed to be in front of the people that you run with? Because if you can't, you're going to have a problem. That's like a person with one foot in and one foot out. They're sitting there. They don't know which way to go. And usually they're going to go against the church and the people in the church because this out here has such a tug on them and their livelihood is out there. And that's what they, they're basing their livelihood on the arm of flesh instead of the arm of omnipotence. Bob Jones had that thing down. He, he knew exactly what it is. Staying in good with religious authorities. Hey, I don't mind saying queer. You know why? I got a Bible over in Leviticus that talks all about it. Men with men and women with women. I don't know how you can miss that. Uh, but the Christian, the typical Christian, our, our Christian nation should never stand for that. Our Christian churches should not stand for that. And yet we got homosexuals in places running churches. How can that be? When you got a Bible, well, I'll tell you how it could be. You got to get rid of this thing. Or you got to change it. 
and change it and change it and change it to remove all that stuff out. So you can do what you want. Brethren, you can do that all day long. People can do that all day long. That still don't get God back in it. If you want God in it, guess what you're going to do? You're going to find him. And finding him, this is just the start. The Bible's the word of God. I believe this thing is the written words of Jesus Christ sitting in front of me. I believe everything was put here by our, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Got a verse over in John chapter 21 that's, that says, if all the things were written, as a matter of fact, stay right where you're at. I'll read the verse. I like that verse. Every time I read the book of John, I, I, I'm waiting to, and I don't read ahead. Usually when I read a book, I'll read ahead. I'll, I'll start chapter one. I'll read about two pages, go to the end, and then get the story, and then shut it and go away. Unless it can really capture my attention. But I know at the end of John, there's certain verses uh, placed in my Bible where I can go, that there's a verse that sits there, and it's talking about Jesus Christ. He goes, and i got to highlight it. He says, and there are many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written. Now, that's everything he's done in eternity. That's everything he's done since he's built the universe. Uh, if you could look at everything he's built and how big the universe is, there ain't no way this world could hold the books that could be written about what he could do or he has done. Uh, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books. No, I don't suppose nothing. It, it ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Go back to Genesis. Genesis 25. Esau is a picture of, of a worldly Christian. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I've got preachers mad at me. Uh, they, they hate me. They, they don't like me. They don't like nothing to do with me, and that's fine. I, I really don't care. Uh, I'm not, I'll, I'll do anything for anybody and help anybody do anything. But when it comes to this book, if we're going to veer off of this book, uh, my job isn't to get people in the church. My job is to preach to people. And people that want to hear the word of God, they'll come naturally. You ever read over in Luke 16, 19, everybody thinks about the rich man and the Lazarus and the rich man's in hell and that's it. That's, that's not what that's about. Although it is about that. Take your Bible. I got a, I got a little nugget here. Take your Bible go to Luke 16, 19. I'll do this. I mean, I told you I wouldn't get done with this today. Rats, man. I was sure I was going to get done with this. 1619. Thank you. I can blame it on Jerry. Jerry won't let me finish. 16. Verse 27. The rich man is sitting here. He's in hell burning. He's going to be there for all eternity. There's no way out of it. There's no way out of it. Lazarus had a lousy life. Uh, uh, Brother Spurgeon came up to me the other day. We were sitting there talking. He goes, you ever think about Lazarus there? You read this story here. Uh, go to 16, uh, 1619. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gates full of sores. Just imagine. I mean, just sores all over him. It says, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried. He never said that Lazarus was buried. He goes, do you think they ate, the dogs ate him? And I'm like, well, they ate Jezebel. He goes, do you think the dogs ate Lazarus? I said, it didn't. They were licking on him. <laughs> I mean, every time I lick on a popsicle, man, it, the, the, have you ever seen that Tootsie Roll pop thing? That Al says, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? One. Crunch two, two. It takes two. <laughs> and I, I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, I never thought about that. And I said, there's a possibility there. But go over to verse 27. The rich man's in hell. He's burning. He got his life. He got everything. Is it worth it now? Look at this. Is it worth it, Esau? Is it worth it? 
Is it worth living like you want to live your whole life and rejecting Jesus Christ, not knowing the day you're going to die and end up in a place called hell and you've been there for 2,000 years and you're going to be there for all eternity? Is it worth it? I don't think it is. I never thought it was. He goes, uh, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father. Now he's talking to Abraham. He said, boy, I wish I, okay, there's no hope for me. That thou wouldst uh, send him to, to my father's house, Lazarus, that I have five brethren, that he might testify unto them, lest they also come into this place. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. He said, nay, Father Abraham, but, uh, but if one went unto them from the dead, uh, they would repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ does not trump the word of God. Moses and the prophets are the word of God. Do you know how powerful that book is sitting in your lap? Twice he said the same thing. You read that thing, if that thing doesn't change somebody, they can't be changed. Though somebody raises from the dead, they will not change. They won't do it. You know what we do? We sit there and try to, to compromise everything we believe to help somebody or get them in because we feel compassion for them. If they won't believe that book, they won't believe nothing that you could possibly ever produce in front of them. All you're going to do is you're going to compromise what you believe and you're going to move closer to them and they're going to move further away and you're going to move closer to them and pretty soon we're going to have a bunch of churches that are all ecumenical in our country that are afraid to say hell and homosexual, queers. They're afraid to say that. Why? Because they won't do what's right. Brethren, it's not easy to do what's right. It never was, never will be. But it's right to do what's right. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for a book that we can sit here and read. Lord, I thought I was going to get through this thing. But Esau, Lord, is just, there's such a study here that goes on and on. It just